welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the brilliant Bev Roberts, who is an integrative health coach doing incredible things within the health industry and also the business industry. Bev is a brilliant example of someone who has two niches, which are both incredibly valuable, one being helping people boost their energy levels and productivity, and the other helping to mentor business owners like ourselves who are in the natural health and wellness space. So I'm really looking forward to chatting to Bev about both of these areas today. So thank you so much for being here and joining me. What a wonderful opportunity. Thanks so much, Shana. It's my pleasure. Let's get into it by chatting about what first got you interested in this health space to begin with. It's interesting because my first career was as a diagnostic radiographer. So I've been in the health space, you can see by my mature vintage, <laughs> not a spring chicken like you. But um, so I always had a healthy interest in the body and a curiosity about understanding that. But it wasn't until I was in an executive career, I was award-winning and board certified. So I was really on my A game in so many ways. And what I realized is that I was, I thought I was headed towards burnout. And so I withdrew from the executive career and started my own consulting business. Well, of course, I worked just as many hours, didn't I? Because <laughs> that was my way of working. It was yeah. it was not that my executive team were saying, you've got to work harder, you've got to work longer. But I was in the patriarchy of men in a technological world. And I needed to, I felt like I had this constant need to prove myself. Yeah. So Fast forward, I'm seven years into my business consulting, loving it, working with top clients in the Sydney and global arena. And I could just feel myself, the sense of losing myself. And all I did was sort of sleep and work and sleep and work. And I just could not get out of bed on weekends. Mm. And I thought, no, 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 something's got to give. And actually, I thought, well, I'm just tired. I'll take a sabbatical. So I took my sabbatical, not realizing the impact that the positive impact that had was it made me realize that my life was just go, go, go. And there was no fun in it. There was no play, but I was unwell. I was really unwell. And you know how when you're very unwell and you're seeking answers in the Western medical system, there's often labels but not solutions. And so I got given lots of labels, one of which was chronic fatigue, but there was an underlying problem. And I thought, you know, nobody knows. It sort of took a year and I thought, nobody knows what's actually wrong with me. And some dismissive people were saying, well, it's probably in your head. And I thought for a high achiever, it's certainly not in my head. I have not had you know, sick days and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not that sort of person. And then I realized, hmm, it's going to be up to me. And that's where I felt training and retraining my brain. Because by then I'd actually 
um, one of the things was I lost my cognitive function and I couldn't speak. Wow. And so for someone who's highly um, intellectual, I love learning. I absolutely love learning. It was so distressing for me. It felt like early onset of dementia. That's yeah. what it, I could imagine how someone feels where suddenly they can't remember objects, names, they can't remember people's names. And, oh and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm you know, like, I'm so young and I'm getting dementia. So scary. I know. And I thought if if nobody else is going to help me, I'm going to have to help myself. And that's when I enrolled in the um, IIN program for integrative health nutrition. And it's a year long program. And why I did that is because of the way they taught, because I thought if I went to uni and try to keep up at my own pace and make my notes and those kind of things, because I've done that, I've got two undergraduate degrees and a master's degree. And I thought, how am I going to keep up with where my brain is at? And what I knew is their lectures were all pre-recorded, which meant I could listen to them over and over again and create some new neural pathways for myself Yep, and help myself to get well by using food as medicine. So that was how I got into the program of, you know, working with nutrition. Yeah. Amazing. What a story. And now how are you feeling after going through that uh, coaching course and applying all of it to yourself? Do you feel more like yourself again? Oh, definitely. Because one area that I focus on in my, the health wing of my business yep. is looking at a four pillar approach of mind, emotions, you know, the, the, the thing that we talk about today, was, which is the nutrition. So all the food related and physical related things. And then the soulful spiritual stuff. So mm-hmm. I integrated those four things. And I actually felt so compelled to help others with what I would call an invisible illness that I wrote a book, which became a bestseller. Oh, fantastic. Because I basically, it was part storytelling but mm-hmm. every single step that I took, I actually documented. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So that could help others. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant that you've written a book as well. And we'll have to dive a bit more into what was involved in that whole process. Cause that's not a small thing. <laughs> um, but let's first chat a little bit about when you were doing your coaching course, did you know where you wanted to go after that? Or like, what was your plan Was it more so just to help yourself? Did you know you would end up working in the field? Tell us a little bit about your thinking at that time and how it's evolved into what you currently do. Yeah, so what I realized was first, like, you know, heal heal yourself. That was my my, um, approach. And then I realized that I, in the corporate world, had done years and years of coaching. So I had the skill set for coaching. Yeah. So I knew, and also my master's degree was in strategy and behavioral change. So I knew that if I could combine all my inherent knowledge and skills, which wasn't lost with the cognitive dysfunction, that I could actually help myself first, but then start helping others. Amazing. And that helped me evolve. So I focused on exhaustion, okay? But we know that exhaustion has many root causes, yeah. And so what I did is I designed a model and developed a questionnaire that was online that I could actually work out what the likely causes of those exhaustion was wow. so that I could tailor down. So, for example, um, 
a lot of people seemed to have high level gut health problems, but many people had parasites. Yeah. So, you know, and also things like yeast overgrowth. So I could use food Mm -hmm. to actually support and change that as well as other things like, you know, sleep and those sort of things. But it was primarily changing the way people were eating, Mm -hmm. you know, not only what they were eating, but when they were eating, how they were eating, you know, mindful eating, those sort of things. So it sort of evolved from my, my own journey Yes. To, because in that first year, I didn't take on any clients. You know, they do encourage you to. Yeah. But I just felt I needed to get myself a few steps ahead of anyone I was working with. Yeah. To um, as a duty of care, really, to yep. make sure that I was, I'd actually drunk my own champagne. So this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so then after you finished it, did you start seeing one-on-one clients and incorporating those models? Yes. So what I did is um, I offered first a single session. Yeah. And then, then I realized very quickly that for us in this health space, one bullet, silver bullet doesn't exist. Yeah. And so what we need is a series of sessions. So the first package I offered was a more um, accelerated approach, I guess. So mm-hmm. it was four sessions over four weeks to get people really up and started. But what really worked well and brought the transformation that the clients really wanted was a four-month package. Yeah. So I would see them every fortnight. But what, what I did over time is it was a lot more time in the beginning and then it was more a check-in in the later time. Right. So, you know, once they've got their meal prep and planning and all the, you know, foods that are nourishing and what they're eating and how they're eating sorted, then it's more accountability and support and changing habits and, you know, all of those things. So I I use that sort of linear approach, you know, have a single session. And in the beginning, what I did, you know, often people talk about a discovery call. Yeah. And I didn't know how to use that effectively in the beginning. Until I realized my role was to actually bring awareness to what somebody was experiencing. So if they are exhausted, is helping them see, even in 30 minutes, that there's different causes of um, exhaustion. And, you know, I would easily be able to pick at least one or two things, quick wins they could go away and do. But that gave me an opportunity to demonstrate that health is such a priority if you don't I mean my walking example is if you don't have your health you don't have a business because I lost a six-figure business because I didn't have my health yeah so um, for me that that you know that evolution of starting with a discovery call but using that call really well Mm -hmm. to help people build awareness that they need to take more steps that that you know there's no silver bullets and those type of things yeah that's a really good strategy to have and it sounds like a really effective way to use the discovery calls that's a brilliant tip and how do you find do you you still do um, discovery calls with your clients and how do you find they work for you now now that you know how to use them more effectively yes I still use a discovery call I really feel that a lot of especially a woman in business which Mm -hmm. is my target market So women in business will spend heaps of money 
on their business and yet spend very little money on themselves. Yeah. So if it's almost like I don't want to convince any, anybody. So people need to be ready for change. Yeah. And that's where you get the best outcome. So mm-hmm. that was also a way for me to see if this client would be a good fit for me. Yeah. Because I don't want somebody who's looking for, well, just tell me what to do. No, no, no. I'm not going to be there all the time. So what you're going to do is take ownership. You're going to apply what we talk about. And if there's certain foods that you love, but they're not great for you, for example, uh, corn chips. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I would find an alternative for them. You know, let's make you some seed crackers because it's the crunch you're after. Yeah. It's not actually the, the you know, the corn chip. It's the crunch. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, doing substitutes. So helping people to get to that point, you've got to get in, you've got to be in a certain stage of readiness. Yeah. Because if you think that, um, for example, I don't do the weight loss space, but there are a lot of nutritionists who focus on weight loss. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for another diet, you know, it's that same thing. You're just looking for the magic bullet. But it's not, it's lifestyle. We know that it's lifestyle. It's our food is one element of that lifestyle, but it's a very, very important element of that lifestyle, given the environment we live in. You know, we live in such a toxic environment that if you can get your food choices right, you're well on your way to good health, you know, compared to, you know, continuing to eat processed foods and other things. So for me, that was always that way to, Gage, are you ready for this? Because mm. I'm a bit of a no-nonsense person. Yep. If you hire me as your coach, I'm going to hold you accountable for the things you committed to. Yeah. I'm not going to make you make a commitment, but if you commit to drinking more water every day, then I'm going to check in. How did you go? Yep. Rate yourself, eight out of 10. Yep. What's holding you back? What's got in the way? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So really yeah so that's i think important the importance of a discovery call it's yeah. it's a two-way thing really yeah it makes total sense absolutely and do you just offer the packages now or do you still offer those one-on-one sessions too yeah only offer package now yeah it's no point i've realized that that single session sometimes if it's in a if somebody's in a crisis i would do it yeah but I would prefer, you know, to see the outcome because that's really what people are investing in is the outcome. Yeah. You know, we are not short of knowledge, Shana. We know what to do. We just don't do it a lot of the time. So true. Yeah. So that's where, and, but also there's a lot of knowledge that's confusing. Yeah. So when people say gluten-free. Yeah. The stuff you buy in the supermarket that's gluten-free is not good for you. It's terrible, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so do you know, it's actually educating people as well. And so that takes time. It doesn't happen immediately. And it can, what I noticed is with my clients, I focused on the lowest hanging fruit. So where were they, you know, where are they in their journey? Yeah. And what's the one, two, or maybe up to three, maximum three things in that fortnight that they could focus on and accomplish. Sometimes it was only one thing yeah. because those people were busy, overwhelmed, already stressed to the max. And that was also fueling the exhaustion. So yeah. it sometimes could be as simple as, okay, we're going to get your water right. Let's start with that. 
Yeah. And then you, you do a food diary for seven days or four days. It depends on that, their sort of stickability with that. Yeah. But then I could see why sometimes there was no fuel in their diet. You know, mm-hmm. it was all just bland white foods that give you no energy. Yeah. So, yeah, working, uh, that's, I prefer to work in a package approach because we know that that's what's needed. So, you know, yeah. don't fool anybody. <laughs> I do, I do run workshops around, um, I have a workshop called Oh My Good Gut oh, cool. and another one called Love Your Liver, which is specific yeah. then, you yeah. know, and it's they each four weeks and those sort of things. So okay. that's the, the shortest time I would probably just support someone. Yeah, amazing. And do you find much crossover? Because you do obviously have those two main focus areas, but because those kinds of people like your target market is people in business when you're helping boost energy but you also offer business mentoring do you find you work on both things with people or do you normally get like separate clients for separate niches it's actually the same group of clients yeah um, although for um so in the health space i'm working with you know women in business who have unexplainable exhaustion yeah. And then in the business side, I'm working with practitioners yep. who want to make it easy for their clients to do business with them. Yeah. Because having, you know, my years of technology, the business consulting and being a practitioner, I feel I can give more value back. It's yeah. someone away who had, um, I even had somebody who had a maths tutoring business. Yeah, wow. But that's not my how I market myself. So I do market myself towards practitioners mm-hmm. because how that sort of evolves. Because I had been running my health coaching business for four years. Yeah. And then COVID hit last year, and I saw a lot of in person practitioners losing their livelihood. Mm, yeah. And I thought, I can't stand back and do not do something about this when yeah. I've got all the skills and um, capacity to, to guide others to get their businesses online. Yeah. So that was sort of, a, you know, it's a year in the making of working on the business side, but it's not that I'm just new to business. Yeah. I have, you know, more than 25 years in business and technology. So amazing. Um, yeah. So that's why I thought that was more relevant Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I sometimes feel like I've um, got a foot in two camps. Yeah. But, um, and I think for those who would look at my Facebook business page, it still applies, you know, you cannot have, so it's sort of healthy you, healthy business. Healthy yeah. you comes before a healthy business. Yes. If you're not vital, alive, energized, your clients feel that. Yeah. And even practitioners, sometimes, you know, we don't um, follow our own guidance. Yeah. So it's about supporting people. So I just wanted to make sure that people were able to do that. Let's talk a little bit about your workshops. So you mentioned that you also run those workshops that are targeted to gut and liver. Are they an online program too, or are they in person or what do they look like? Hmm. Because of my situation, I don't live in, you know, a big city. Um, So I live in a a beachside suburb, um, you know, south of Newcastle in New South Wales. And 
what I realized is that to run things in person took a lot more of my energy because remember mm. I was still in recovery myself would take yeah. a lot more of my own energy and I thought okay how can I do this in a way that I can work within any constraints I've got but still be of service and bring value to people yeah and so I decided to do them in on online in an online space and do it staged you know with a community support group as well so that people could ask more questions during the week so there would be a tutorial at the beginning of the week mm -hmm. and um, uh, with live Q&A at the end yeah. and then during the week they could ask in the community group and that works pretty well oh, yeah. to keep people engaged and on track and because it's four weeks mm -hmm. basically you can't teach them everything yeah but what you're doing is you kind of narrow down so that people first of all understand why gut health is so important to all of the rest your yeah. energy your immune system your brain health everything you know so you you're trying to get to the nuggets of everything which is actually quite good because sometimes with clients too is you don't need to teach them everything or or educate them on everything it's what's specific or pertains to them. So that's a, a good lesson for all of us, you know, is make it relevant, make it valuable and make it concise and consumable so that people can really get their teeth into it. So lots of ahas, you know, showing plates of food and asking them to say, how would they change this to be gut friendly? Yeah. Things like that, practical ways to, to have people engage. Yeah, what a great approach. That sounds brilliant. And how often do you run those? I haven't run those this year, actually, which is interesting. Um, I was running them quite often during last year because obviously people had more time in their, their business. Yep. And it's so it's on demand now. I'll only run them on demand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's really cool. All right, and next let's talk about your book. So we briefly mentioned that earlier, but where did that come into the mix of all these amazing things you've been doing? Um, and how did you find the time to also write a book while balancing busy businesses and your own recovery journey and all of the things? <laughs> so I just really felt dismissed by the medical system. Mm. And I had this real passion to advocate for those with invisible illness. Yeah. And I thought, what's a vehicle that I can do that? How can I get my voice heard and give hope to those people who are suffering? Yeah. And one, uh, one conversation actually really lit me up. I um, eventually found a functional medicine doctor. Fantastic. And she said to me, you know what? You are really different to my other clients. You need to write a book. And I thought, how can I? My cognitive function is like in the toilet. I can't remember things. And how am I going to do this? Yep. And I sort of sat back and I thought, well, I could do, I've always, I'm a solution-oriented person. I don't sit in the problem and go, oh, woe is me. I went, okay, well, how could I do this? And I hit upon the idea that I used to always mind map, you know, how to get lots of information into simple ways. So yeah. I took myself off to the cafe and I started mind mapping the overall theme of the book and then chapter by chapter. And I thought, okay, now I'm going to have to try and write this. But yeah. I just could not get 
I, I could not get past there was something in my cognition that the the kind of brain to, to hand writing wasn't working it just wouldn't work <laughs> yeah. so I used a google doc and I dictated my book oh wow so I would just do a meditation and really ground into what it was that I wanted to share in that piece of the book. Yeah. And then I would just talk from my heart about what this was. And so that's how I wrote, you know, 15 chapters of the book. It's incredible. And obviously you need an editor. So I got myself a very good friend of mine who'd written two books herself, just self-published. Yeah. But I said to her, won't you read this before I hire an editor? Because if it, none of it makes sense, mm -hmm. then there's no point. Yeah. And she started reading it and editing and, you know, giving me ideas of changing some things. But the core of the book stayed. It was more a little bit of grammar. I use contractions, you know, like it's, it's, it's apostrophe. You know, yep. you can't use that in a, in a book, she says. So I had to take, you know, but that was a quick search and replace and get that done. Yeah. And then I realized, well, okay, you've got to get an editor, mm -hmm. but that's great. That's one part of the process. The next part is to get this birth, this book out in the world. Yeah. And so I had a regular time for writing, which was just voice recording. And obviously because I was doing speech to text it was coming up on the page and then I could just you know edit it a little and reorganize it because sometimes I said paragraph three and that should be paragraph one but it's easy once it's down there it's all you know movable yeah. and then I hired myself somebody to actually do the book um, publishing and launch yeah okay. because I just didn't have the skill set to do that so yeah. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history. Became a bestseller. It was just amazing That's because, amazing. and it still sells. It's, yeah. it's two and a bit years, actually it'll be three years in June. Yeah. And I still get my little royalty checks. Look, you'd never be rich from a book, yeah. but it did give me a lot of credibility with the type of clients that I work with. That's fantastic. You know, knowing, knowing that I've been through the journey Yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate because I contacted a lot of high-profile health people, yeah, and I asked them if they would be pre-readers of my book Amazing. and give me a testimonial, yeah, or a, they call it something different in in book world. Yeah. But I had some of the best functional medicine people all over the world wow. talking about my book. So it's just, you know, it was really great to know that the book was, you know, they weren't, they didn't have to say anything. They could have read and said, no, I can't, can't put my name behind this. Yeah. But one of the functional medicine doctors in Sydney said to me, this is a book every client of mine needs to read. Wow. And I just went, wow. And then another piece of feedback I got from one of the business owners that bought it, she said, this is not a book for someone who's already over the cliff. This is a story to tell you pull back before you go over the cliff. Yeah, that's brilliant. So that and where can we find your book if we want to get our hands on it? It's on Amazon. Um, you know, you can buy it from your local Amazon. It's on a Kindle version and a paperback, and it's called Hope in a Dark Tunnel. Yeah. And yeah. the subtitle is uh, Your Roadmap 
for navigating chronic illness. Yeah, and wow. It's, so it's, a, it's like a workbook as well. So really? it's practical. That's incredible. And I love the approach to writing the book. It's really cool to hear that you did speak it all out and how it evolved and came to be what it is today. So that's really cool. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And another aspect of your business is you also have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm, It's, it was my, at the beginning, you know, everyone says create content for your business. You need to create content. I thought, how am I going to do this? Because I found it really difficult to, um, at that point, I wasn't able to really write. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I love to talk <laughs> and I love meeting interesting people. Yeah. So I um, created a podcast and my focus and my mission there was to have guests that related to all aspects of health Yeah. and that you know, keep it to the 20, 25 minutes that was digestible and that somebody could take action as a result of that. So I created that podcast and I got myself some amazing guests in the, the, my first guest was, I don't know if you know her, but Andrea Beeman, she's a New York, um, she's an integrative coach as well as a chef, a whole food Mm -hmm. chef and wonderful. And she's been on my show a few times and then other doctors who specialize in specific things all over the world. So that was really, really great. I love doing that. And then on the business side, I've started a series called Wise Woman in Business. Oh, fantastic. And interviewing, you know, business practitioners um, about their businesses and how they use technology and what the guidance is that, you know, they can bring forward. So, yeah, it's a great way to 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 get content when you're not a natural writer. Yeah. And then I actually realized something else is, which is what I'm doing and maybe others could take this as a great tip is I would do a short video, maybe up to maybe five to 10 minutes on a subject matter mm-hmm. because I could, could talk about it. And I feel really confident to talk about it. Yeah. And then I would transcribe it and create mm-hmm. a blog from it. Amazing. Yeah. So that's where I sort of from podcasting, then I got the confidence to actually do that for other things, other topics that I wanted to talk about. So yes, I encourage everyone who's listening to say, well, if you think you haven't got no content, just think of what you want to rabbit on or rave about or feel sort of a big rant about, you know, and do a video on that. And then, and YouTube allows you to transcribe it automatically after okay. two about two hours or, or it's a might be a number of hours or a number of plays yeah but then you can actually download that or you can use a transcription service so in yeah. some instances I've done that when it's a short video because then you can edit it and yep. then you can download the text file and turn it into a proper blog so then on your um I think Tammy guest does this very well she's mm-hmm. got the video and then the blog underneath yeah they related but remember you know google only searches words it doesn't search videos yeah so it's sort of you've got the engagement from the video and then for those who like to read you've got that and then it satisfies all of that 
Yeah, it's one of those brilliant ways of like multi-purposing one piece of content because you're saying the same thing in both formats, but some people might find it through YouTube. Some people might find it through the blog. You never know how people are going to stumble upon it. And it's just really doubling that visibility without having to do the extra work because if it's being transcribed, it's not like you're having to sit and write and also record. It's just kind of like all being done in one. (laughs) And if you think, you know, often people, when you get to come to write a blog, some people are natural writers. Yeah, and they can just get it done but some of us get in our own way yeah and we find that we sort of procrastinate on writing a blog we'll just get on a video and you know record it on zoom or record it straight live if you if you're happy to do lives because you could do the same thing with content from facebook but it just makes it a bit harder for the captions so yeah, yeah i would do it to youtube to get the transcript for free or there are other services. Um, I've just tried one called Transcription Puppy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what a weird name. <laughs> and it, it's sort of a, about a dollar a minute. So, you know, if you've only got 10 minutes, you're paying $10 for a really quality transcription. But if you've got patience, let it run through on YouTube yeah. and download the file. Yeah. Yeah, that's a brilliant tip. We're learning so many practical things from you today. It's brilliant. (laughs) Awesome. So you've obviously got a few different things going on. How do you balance all of these? What does a typical week or a typical day look like for you? It always starts with my self-care routine. It's not negotiable for me. So for me, it would be um, spending a couple of hours in the morning, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, I've just done a, a juice fast. So, um, you know, getting my juices organized or it's um, something, you know, like just lots of water and doing my meditation and stuff and getting outdoors, putting my feet in the ground mm-hmm. and just really connecting in back with myself before I look at social media or emails. And then I would usually spend a little bit of time at the beginning of the day checking um, that I don't have messages from clients or that I don't um, have emails that need to be answered straight away and then those things go away for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. and then I would usually work in the morning it's my best time to produce new or any creative activity yep so sometimes because I work with clients that are either based here in Australia New Zealand the Americas or Canada, yeah. I do do some appointments earlier in the morning, say from nine o'clock, which is late afternoon in, in the, the previous day in Canada and US. Yeah. And then mostly I do them around lunchtime because then I can spend the morning, you know, doing new work. So for example, writing a newsletter, creating those videos or blogs or content. Yeah. And also sometimes just taking myself off to the cafe to dream and vision into the things that I want to create, you know, so that it's not just all work and no play. Yeah. Um, And then in the afternoons, I would usually do more um, left brain kind of things that are, you know, that we need to do, like maybe scheduling my posts or, and I've just 
started working with the lovely lady who's doing it for me. So now I've freed up myself to do something else in that time. But there's yeah. seems to be, you know, like keeping things organized in the business, my finances, those type of things. So that's yeah. how my day would play out. But I have little um, alarms during the day because I, I don't know if you know the Pomodoro technique. I've heard of it. Where you basically, yes, yeah, so basically you're going to use focus time, 25 minutes on, five minute break. Some people do it longer. I find that the 25 minutes is beautiful because you can kind of really get into what that is. And then the refreshing break in between is where you maybe step outside with a cup of tea or, you know, you just basically stretch your body and then you get back into it and because you you're working in a structured way you can get amazing amount done in an hour and a half yeah that's fantastic. My, goal, my goal is to do more in less time because if I keep working like that then I'll have more time to to um, play and you know be social because yeah. in the middle of my week I'm also still doing things like Pilates and belly dancing and you know, and I do that during my day because I find I want my evenings to myself. I don't really want to be doing activities and those sort of things. So I have a gentle start in the day and then, you know, creative stuff in the morning, client work and then admin style work. Yeah, brilliant structure to go by. That sounds like a really good approach. I like it. Yeah. And what would you say you attribute your current success to? you've obviously achieved a lot of amazing things over the course of your career in all of your different things um yeah what would you put it down to I think the first thing is tenacity so I do not give up easily yeah um if I try something and it doesn't work I don't go into that stage of well that didn't work so I won't try again yeah I'm a problem solver, so I will sort of step back. And that's where my cafe time works quite well for me, like just taking myself out of the environment. And let's say if I've run a webinar or something like that and go back and reflect, okay, and do a review of what what do I want to do differently? What did I do well? How can I make this um, work and and work from there? So I think a lot of that approach has helped me. Mm. And also a willingness to look outside the you know uh, the square box that often we get when we taught things you know so we get taught in a certain paradigm and then it's what how can you look outside of that to mm-hmm. find because we all have the most amazing wisdom within us yeah. if we will only just tap into that yeah. and i think that stood me well throughout my whole career is that self-belief, you know, mm-hmm. not not relying on external validation that you're doing a great job and yes. really believing in yourself and knowing that failure is just information that you can apply, you know, it's not it's a perceived sense of failure. Yeah. And allowing yourself to lick your wounds, you know, if you've done a launch and it didn't work, well, mm-hmm. you know what? how can you do do things differently? What did work? What didn't, you know, and just go through that process so that you allow yourself. The one thing I've learned though in the health space, which I never did in my corporate career, was to celebrate my wins. Yes. And acknowledge myself for doing those great things. So I think that's 
to me is if you can learn that early in your career, that would be awesome. You know, so you, it's not, you're just not a human doing, you're a human being and you can celebrate those wins and yes, you know, seek counsel and support when you, you know, feel like you can't get out of a pit. Yeah. Um, Those type of things. Yeah, that is so important and definitely something we don't do enough. So I'm glad you mentioned that and you're encouraging people to do it because yeah, like we're doing incredible things in this industry and we deserve to be proud of ourselves for whatever we're doing, whether big or small, whether we're helping one person or hundreds, it's all still a positive impact. And yeah, as long as we're doing our best that we should be proud of ourselves. Mm, Because we are each creating a ripple effect. Absolutely. And together, that is making a huge difference. Yes. You know, can we fight big pharma? Probably not. But we can work at the grassroots level and change people's lives by the way that they eat. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. And what would you say are some of the main skills people need within this industry to succeed? I feel that with the... Um, a lot of you know we get a lot of knowledge and content around the nutrition or the health aspects we don't get very much knowledge around how to run a business successfully yeah so true and that's where you probably having finished your degree Mm -hmm. need to find probably a guide or a mentor who could support you to get the foundations of your business right yeah. So sometimes I'm working with people who've been in their business for up to three years mm-hmm. and still don't have the foundations right. Yeah. So a lot of their business is manual. Mm-hmm. They're not nurturing existing clients, you know, yeah. because we get a lot of referrals in our space. Yeah. So if you're, ex- if you're nurturing your existing clients and that you're still top of mind with them. So mm-hmm. when they are, somewhere social or whatever and they hear of somebody well you need to speak to so-and-so but if they've worked with us let's say they did do a package with us and they got amazing because they just applied everything and they don't really need your services well Mm -hmm. you don't want to leave them to just be on their own you want to nurture that relationship so I really think getting some business skills Mm -hmm. um, and people have this false notion that building a website is the answer and I want to encourage you when you're first starting out in business, your focus needs to be on income generating activities. Yeah. So getting your first clients, having a booking system that can take payment up front, yeah. having a mailing system where you can connect with those clients. Yeah. The, the website can come later. And I can't tell you how many people get hooked in this $2,000 website yeah. where it would be better spent you know, um, I have a free downloadable that's called how to run your business on less than 35 US dollars a month. Yeah, brilliant. Because people, I've just, I just started getting these people who were spending a fortune every month on yeah. all these tools because they hear of some other practitioner at a different stage of business using yeah. these tools. And I thought, no, 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 I've got to bring these things back to basics because yeah. that's it. you need good foundations in your business and then you can grow from that. So like yeah. we spoke about, I started with a discovery call, a single session, then I went to packages yeah. and then I offered workshops, Yeah, you know, so you sort of tear yourself because as you knew and you knew to not only coaching and supporting people, mm-hmm. often what we tend to do is overgive 
Yeah. So when we're new to this, we kind of overgive and we, instead of giving the client the ability to take ownership, we do all the notes. We send them all the what to do's. No, yeah. no, no, no. Actually, you need the skills to be able to teach your clients. Actually, you are responsible for this. Yeah. You keep your you keep your notes, but you make them repeat back to you the end of the session. What are the three things you focused on for this next period? Yes. Yeah. Because this is what we do. <laughs> we we we're so passionate about what we're doing yeah. that we sort of take away their ownership, and mm -hmm. um, you know they need to be accountable. So I think it's that business skills and that ability to be of service and provide the service without overgiving. So those are two aspects I think that people really need to get skills in. Yeah, absolutely. So important and some really good points there. Awesome. And so I have a quick fire question for you. If you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Would definitely be um, Simon Sinek's book, um, Start With Why. Yeah. And the reason is if you know your own purpose, your why, yeah. it's very easy to create your messaging and attract mm -hmm. the people, those ideal clients that are suited to your service. Yes. I've heard such good things about that book. It's actually on my bookshelf behind me. I still haven't read it, but that's going to be my little nudge to read it. <laughs> Putting it next yeah, on the reading. And it's, a, it's not a big read. You know, yeah. if you wanted to, you could watch some of his videos, but I think the book really gets it it was first aimed at being a better leader yeah but I think we are leaders in our businesses and Absolutely. when we can get clear on our own why and make sure that the people who we work with it comes through in our promo posts and in our blogs and all of that yeah people then get attracted to that and you have ideal clients you know so you're not mm. just spraying talking to everybody because that is one thing with us in the nutrition and health space mm -hmm. is we could we could serve everybody we literally could yeah but yeah. when you start doing that in your marketing then you actually nobody hears it so yeah. that's why I narrowed down to exhaust unexpandable exhaustion yeah because then I could talk to that person how they felt what was going through their head what their you know maybe you know their patterns of behavior were and I could talk to that. So that's yeah. really important. And it comes from knowing your why. What are your, what's your purpose and your passion? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been so brilliant. We've covered so many incredible topics. And I know I'm feeling really inspired by all that you've done. But do you have any parting words of advice or wisdom that you want to leave with the listeners today? Yes. Please do what lights you up. Yes. We all have a zone of genius, a zone of excellence, and a zone of competence. Play in your zone of genius mm -hmm. and find people to surround yourself with to do. Because if you, for example, just like um, myself, if you're competent with technology, but it doesn't light you up, mm -hmm. get some of those things built so that they're kind of there for perpetuity and yep. then just make the adjustments as you go. But if you're playing in that zone of competence where it's quite draining for you, so I'd just say do what lights you up, be in your zone of genius, making the transformation that you only you can do for your ideal clients. Yeah, love that so much. And where can we all find you and follow along with all the incredible work that you're doing? 
So on my website is livingfabulously.com. Yeah. And you can take your journey if you're interested in what I do in the health space or the business space. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll be able to choose your journey. It's like a choose your own journey when you get to the front of my web page. So um, cool. And then I'm also on Facebook under yeah. Living Fabulously with Bev. And yeah. I'm dabbling with Instagram, but I'm there. If you if you're there, it's bev.livingfabulously on Instagram. But if you're there, you know. Mm-hmm come and follow me I'll follow you and let's yeah let's change the world with what we do yes let's <laughs> I love that and what a brilliant way to leave it as well this has been so incredible and thank you so much for being here I know I will be following along very closely with all that you do and I'm sure many of the listeners will as well so incredible work what you're doing and yeah I look forward to continuing to see that so thank you for being here with us today mm, thank you it's just been such a joy It really has. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.